Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Tony Katz, so great to be with you. TonyKatz.com is where you get uh, the podcast. This just in. U.S. judge banning uh, blueprints of guns to be printed online or to be posted online. He extended the ban. It's a he, right? Yeah, it's Robert uh, Lasnick is the judge in Seattle. Extended a ban on the online distribution of 3D printed blue... Uh, 3D printed gun blueprints. There. That's how it said, right? Which is a win for people who say um, that if you can do this, it violates uh, their right to regulate firearms and endanger citizens. The order uh, blocked uh, the release of blueprints hour before they were sent to the internet. This has to do with the State Department and something called Defense Distributed. Right? Defense Distributed had, well, these blueprints, which are already available online, by the way. There are plenty of blueprints available online to print a gun, you know, 3D printers and the plastic and everything else. It's amazing how it works. And then they were told by the Obama State Department that they couldn't do it, which was a First Amendment issue, not a Second Amendment issue, because it was preventing their free speech. The Trump State Department said, we can't get in the way of this. Do you, If you want to print them, you can print them. And then the court stepped in because this is what courts do, overstepping their authority time and again, and saying you can't print them. There's 19 states that sued, arguing that publishing blueprints would allow criminals easy access to uh, the, the, the weapons. The judge said that uh, states submitted sufficient evidence that they are likely to suffer, quote, irreparable harm if the blueprints are published. And that defense distributed's First Amendment concerns were, quote, dwarfed, unquote, by the state's safety considerations. Oh, dear Lord, are we screwed. How many First Amendment um, concerns are dwarfed because of safety? When I talk about the failures of socialized medicine, can, can a judge decide that I can't talk about that because uh, it, it's in the state's best interest to have you paying a massive tax rate so they can engage some kind of socialized medicine masturbatory fantasy? Why not? Why not? Your First Amendment rights dwarfed by the state's safety considerations. The state's consideration isn't for safety. It's about control. That's not a safety consideration. That's your opinion and why you should be thrown off a bench. How quickly does this move to the Supreme Court? I want Ruth Bader Ginsburg to explain why it's a question of safety consideration because I can apply that to anything. And the best is, is, is there are people out there who be like, well, Tony, it's not going to happen for this, or Tony, it's not going to happen. Why in the world are you so confident? Why are you so confident about the idea that somehow if this judge can decide that the First Amendment concerns of this company are dwarfed by the state's safety considerations that it can't apply to you and me. Why can't it apply to the radio host, to the podcaster, to the to the television host, to the anybody, to the pamphleteer? Why can't it apply? Seems to me like it can, and it will. Anytime I see the idea that the First Amendment concerns are dwarfed by the state's safety considerations, 
That is saying the state gets to make the decisions. That the state is in charge of what is really freedom. Ergo, you're not really free, bitch. You're just a serf. Now pay your taxes, shut your face, you still get a big screen TV, and be thankful we don't take any more. That's what they're saying. Now, you might argue and say, Tony, it's, it's, it's not that extreme. Yes, it is. You might say, Tony, we're talking about guns printed on the Internet. I know what we're talking about. I've been through this. I walked through the mathematics, and I said to myself, how do I feel about the idea that you could have guns printed by people who aren't citizens who are in the country that they can then use against others? And uh, the answer is, yeah, that could happen. Now, there is already something in 1988, I believe it was, the Untraceable uh, Arms Act. I think that's what it's called, the Untraceable Arms Act. Uh, I think it's 1988. Sorry, Undetectable Firearms Act. Thank you. The Undetectable Firearms Act of 1988 which makes it illegal to manufacture, import, sell, ship, deliver, possess, transfer, or receive any firearm that is not as detectable by walk-through metal detection or any firearm with major components that do not generate an accurate image before standard airport imaging technology. Signed into law by Ronald Reagan in 1988. Which is amazing because you would think that this whole conversation is something that's happening right now. 30 years later, but it's not. It's something that happened 30 years ago. We've been through these conversations. How in the world do you expect to protect the world from all the things? And if someone's out there planning to do harm with a firearm that they printed online, since they can't print it, your plan is, your, your idea is, is what? That they won't do harm? That they won't do harm? Come. Let's, let, us, let us not be silly. You did make it more difficult for them, but what else did you do in the process? What else did you do in the process? What you did is you took away the rights of citizens. I'm never going to fall on the side of taking away rights for citizens. Well, Tony, can't you agree that safety... No. If the conversation is between security and liberty... I will always choose liberty because you can't guarantee me security. You can't do it. No one can do it. You wouldn't stop anybody from buying a car. We've seen cars used to run people over. There is no consideration given. And if you say to me, Tony, aren't you now engaging the slippery slope? The answer is, hell no. I'm looking at news reports. I am looking at the past year around the globe. That's what I'm doing. And I'm saying, if we're going to now say that printing of a blueprint is is unacceptable and you can't post that blueprint regardless of your First Amendment rights because our security concerns are more important, well, then I can apply that anywhere. I can apply that not only to your right to speak, but your right to travel freely. 
Why can't we end travel at night? Why can't we end travel on rainy days? Why can't we end travel when there's too much glare in your eyes? Why not? This is, I'm not trying to get conspiratorial. I'm trying to make a point that we get to this place where we start trying to see how we can, you know, square the circle. How do we, uh, how do we find uh, the ways to, to, to insulate us from all the horrors? And to insulate from horror means the reduction of rights. And I'm never, ever, ever on that side. I am never on the side of the reduction of rights. Hell no. And if it means sometimes bad people can do some bad things, I'm not happy about it. I'd rather start discussing who the bad people are and how we do something about them. Right? That's where it's at. Taking away people's rights, I'm never in. I am never in. Defense distributed's right to speak and to be able to print is, is more valuable than the state arguing safety concerns. It's more valuable, it's more important, and we've done ourselves a huge disservice if somehow we go down the road and say, you know what? These people, these people, these states, they got the right idea, and you shouldn't be allowed to speak out. We do are doing damage. I'm just not in favor of the damage. I'm Tony Katz. This speech is my recital. I think it's very vital to rock around. That's right. On top. It's tricky. It's so tight. Here we go. It's tricky to rock around, to rock around. That's right. On time is tricky. It's tricky. 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 There's no need to be insane. No need to be insane at all. I was talking earlier about the story of Connor Daly. The story of Connor Daly. So Connor Daly is an IndyCar driver and an NASCAR driver. And Connor Daly's dad, 35 years ago, who is a uh, a NASCAR uh, a driver themselves. Uh, he was an IndyCar driver, I should say. Uh, used the N-word in an interview. And that story got told here uh, where I live in the Indianapolis uh, area. Um, and... The guy who told the story ended up losing his job. And then Derek Daly, for using this word 35 years ago, he would he was a sports analyst for one of the local television stations here in Indy. He lost his job. His son, Connor Daly, IndyCar, NASCAR, NASCAR Xfinity Series, was being sponsored by a group called uh, Eli Lilly, a massive drug company. Lilly Diabetes is the, is the subgroup there, right? Diabetes meds, and, and Connor Daly has diabetes. And they decided because of what his father said 35 years ago, ah, uh, yeah, we're going to pull our sponsorship. So it was the day before like the, this race, Road America, and they pulled the sponsorship from Connor Daly. And we're like, okay, this is crazy. This is crazy. You gotta, they got to fix this. They got to fix it, right? It's, 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 it's nuts. Connor Daly didn't do anything wrong. Stop treating him like he did. Go fix this immediately, if not sooner, Eli Lilly. So people have been tweeting at me, at Tony Katz on Twitter, about, about this. And uh, someone wrote in, I couldn't be in more agreement with you on Connor Daly. Lilly Diabetes can suck one. I would die first before using their drugs. Um, what you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. 
At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. That's insane. That's insane. So that's why I wrote him. You're insane. And he wrote back, they have competitors. LOL. Um, it's, it's, one, it's one thing to, uh, to be angry with a company, to think that they got it wrong. But we get nowhere when we, go, when we jump to these levels of extreme. It's, it's like, take, take, the, take Lily, for example. I think Lily's just got to say, you know what? We acted out of fear. We didn't really think about it with a clear head. We're going to re-engage. We're happy to sponsor him. And by the way, he's handled everything like a like a champ, like an absolute champ. And and thanked Lily for being a sponsor. And you know, it's been a rough uh, uh, twenty four hours, but you know, thank them so much for being there for my career. Like he handled it full class, did Connor Daly, really well done and well played. But what what good will it do me to be screaming at them, yelling at them, calling them names? No, I don't. This had to be some VP somewhere. Like I really don't think it was a uh, a um uh, a what what's, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't think it was a PR company. What PR company goes down this road? Because it was a PR company, uh, then yeah, um, let him go, let him go, get another one. Maybe I can get into the PR business. I don't know. I mean, I like radio, but PR makes money, right? PR, you can make good money, can't you? Crisis PR? It seems that everybody's having a crisis. They don't even know how to talk anymore. They don't know how to have a conversation. It's it's surreal. But I don't think you just, I don't think you win anything by screaming and yelling. And you, I wouldn't use, their, I wouldn't use, I would die first before using their drugs. That is absolutely positively crazed crazed i'm sorry i'm not interested in people being crazy way too much crazy out there and you know i realized that i i got into this whole thing about uh defense distributed and the and 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 second amendment rights and first amendment rights uh john mccain passed john mccain dead the age of 81 and people are they're, they're finding ways to politicize and be angry at john mccain all right i wasn't a fan of john mccain as a senator but i don't I'm not going to be like, oh, he's dead on. Good. Good. That's good. That's exactly where I wanted him. Ah, dead John McCain's a good John McCain. People are saying that. It's insane. Why would you, why in the world would you go down that road? And then uh, President Trump, uh, the flags were lowered to half staff and now they're back. Ah, President Trump. He doesn't like John McCain. He's just a, he's just a big baby. He's being a big jerk face baby. I hate that guy. That guy could go suck out a lemon or anything else. Yeah, that's what he can do. What, what's wrong with you? They don't. They didn't like each other. That's all there is to it. That's all there is to it. And supposedly there was this this big press conference today, right? So there was a NAFTA agreement, basically an agreement between the United States and Mexico on car manufacturing and some and some other subjects. And and you know, the president's cheering it as as a big and important deal. And the whole gaggle is in the Oval Office as he's having this phone conversation on speakerphone with President Nieto of Mexico. It was crazy. Uh, crazy just, you know, uh, it's, the president there is speaking to the interpreter and the interpreter speaking back to him. And he's doing this just for everybody to hear about how great this deal is. And the whole thing is designed to put pressure on, uh, on, on Canada 
to be a part of the deal because right now they're not. And if it's not, if Canada's not involved, I don't know how you call it NAFTA because it's not really the North American Free Trade Agreement. Not, neither here nor there. Canada's going to come to the table with something. There's going to be some more, more negotiations. It's over, and the people are leaving. They're like, sir, sir, do you have any comments on, on John McCain, sir? Sir, any comments on, on the senator's passage, sir? And he sits there, arms folded, as he often does. No, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you very much. I don't know if that's a, that's a Trump impression. Or not. He doesn't answer the question. And people are giving him crap for not, asking the, not answering the question about, hey, say something nice about John McCain. If you have nothing nice to say, Say nothing. I mean, I've seen conservatives be like, why isn't he saying anything? He has nothing nice to say. I'm thankful that he's not opening his mouth. I am thrilled and overjoyed. You think that it's less than? You think that it's beneath him? You think that it's beneath contempt? You think it's low end? You think it's low rent? It could be all those things. But how much better off that he hasn't said anything? McCain doesn't want him at the funeral. Obama's going to speak. George Bush is going to speak. Not not Trump. Ah, you can't come. A guy says, hey, don't come to my funeral. That's a guy who doesn't want to know you. Why are you saying anything? Everyone knows it's a lie. Why in the world should Donald Trump say anything? Everybody knows that anything he says, oh, it's bullcrap. He's just saying something to say something. He's just being a, just being a yutz. So say nothing. Say nothing. Move on with your day. And I'm not a fan of McCain. So that, that's going on. And then there was the shooting in Jacksonville, uh, which took place at Jacksonville Landing, I think it's called. Uh, th- these people were together for, for Madden 19, right? They're, it's the, the video game. And it was a competition. And there's this guy down there who came from Baltimore, drove down. And uh, he, based on the, the, the photos, he looks like an odd duck. As described, an odd duck. A strange guy, a loner. Here's how the announcers... Uh, described him. This was before the shooting. This is how the announcers described him, you know, like like they're doing like the color commentary. You are not going to see much emotion from our guy, Brett. This dude is a man keeps to himself. He's a man of business. He's not here for the experience and to go out, this, that, and the third. He's not here to make friends. He's all business. He's focused. And to even get him to open up to talk to you about anything, it's it's like pulling teeth, man. So... That was that was based on the imagery, an, an apt description. He lost, then got a handgun that had a laser sight on it, the red dot, and started shooting people. Murdered two, injured nine. And immediately it was, oh, the NRA is evil. Whoa, whoa, what the? No, who said NRA? We don't know who this kid is. We don't know anything about him. We don't know anything. Nobody knew anything. And people like Shannon Watts of Moms Demand Action were already out there um, making statements um, about uh, the NRA. I mean, she's just absolutely awful how how they act and and, and, and how she says things. This, this whole group, Moms Demand Action, I would take a look at her Twitter feed, but I am blocked. I am blocked from Shannon R. Watts uh, on, on Twitter. Clearly, to have an open conversation is, is uh, wrong and hateful and rude. And to ask questions and to have invited her on the show, because she used to live in Indiana. Uh, and uh, she, oh, no, she, she never came. 
please. She never came. Don't be, don't be silly. Don't be uh, r- r- ridiculous. But Shannon Watts started by um, going after uh, the NRA when this happened. For, for what reason? For what reason would you do such a thing? Well, because you want to politicize it, because you're just a craven person. And I just want to say for the record, I think Moms Demand Action is a craven organization. They have never, ever given me a reason to think that somehow they really actually uh, support any, any level of gun rights. They keep talking about it, but they don't. their actions don't say that. Their actions say, if we could set the Second Amendment on fire and shove the ashes down your throat, we would do it. As a matter of fact, we want to do it, and we're going to try. Oh, I have absolutely no trust. No trust in Moms Demand Action. They're, they're gun grabbers. That's all they are. Shannon Watts isn't some good, decent, kind, loving person. Shannon Watts wants to do away with the right to protect and defend oneself. She wants you and your daughters to be defenseless, just so you know. This is what she wants. This is who she is. I don't know why we're... Wait, we're not debating it. I'm just, I'm just saying. Whew. Any, any time I get into this, because people are talking about moms demand action, and you know it's the moms. It's, it's not. It's not. My mother's not represented by moms demand action. You know, I know this. She carries. She, she's a, she's a good broad. I would argue that my mother is a broad. Right? She's, she's not as body. Right? That's right. I said body. Maybe she was a drinker. Maybe she's a drinker. She'd be abroad. But an attitude? Yeah. A broad's a good thing. The world could use some more broads. Ain't that the truth? I'm Tony Katz. Tony Katz, Facebook Tony Katz Radio, podcaster at TonyKatz.com, along with uh, Eat, Drink, Smoke. Uh, I used to do that that podcast, now bringing it back. Um, I review some bourbon. I review cigars. I review some good food. I get some friends together. We talk a little politics. Uh, it was Michael Cohen, uh, Colorado Edibles. We talked a little bit about true crime as well. People are into those true crime podcasts. I'm like, what? I, I don't, I don't get it. Like there, there's enough horror in the world. Why am I, why am I following some of these stories? I can't, I can't go down the rabbit hole on everything. But people love them. Oh, they love them. They're crazy about them. So there are things that I don't get to talk about on on radio, and so I, I wanted a place to to do it. So uh, we've got the podcast, and then uh, we've got a couple of uh, smaller ones, which is happy hour edition, right? So we've got eat, drink, smoke, and then we've got the happy hour edition. So there. They'll all be up there. Uh, you can go now at uh, TonyCats.com, and, and you can uh, get them uh, soon to be Spotify, soon to be uh, iTunes. And, you know, uh, working it out. I don't believe in starting perfect because never in my life have I been able to do that. I know some people are totally into that. They, wanna, they want everything to be absolutely perfect before they get started. I'm like, yeah, I can't. I can't. Uh, I can't, you know, do that. I, I got to give it a go. I got to try it. I got to I gotta feel it out there and then go from there. And then go uh, go from there, you know, and, and build it up from there. So that's, that's what I'm doing. So I'm, I'm happy with it. 
Uh, I, I, I've always wanted to do this, and I, and I do it in a, I do it in a, uh, in a cigar lounge, a place called Blend, uh, Blend Bar Cigar. I'm a, I'm a huge fan uh, of them. A great place, and they've got uh, places all across the, uh, all across the country. They're in Houston, and they're in Nashville, and they're, in, they're in Pittsburgh. Uh, and I just, I just, I just like what they do, and I like how they do it, and they've been unbelievably uh, hospitable uh, to me in, in putting this together. So. Uh, so it's cool. So I want you to give it a listen. I want you to give me some thoughts on it. I've gotten some reviews, and and they were they were just terrible. They were just awful. What's with all the background noise? And why don't you have professionals reviewing the bourbon? These people don't know anything about bourbon. No, it's kind of part of the fun, part of the fun. Uh, but I, I love it. I love the feedback and everything else. And yeah, I'm, I'm trying things. That's what I do, you know. And then it's like, all right, we got it going. And then off to the races. How the hell do you think I built this? How the hell do you think I started this? For sure. My problem is, is that I'm not doing TV. That's my problem because you make money in TV. The story of Jamel Hill knocks me over with a freaking feather. Jamel Hill was the one on ESPN. Uh, she's the one who said that President Trump was a white supremacist. Uh, she is the the one who said that, that the Cowboys were racist, uh, Jerry Jones. Uh, and then she got taken off uh, Sports Center. And then, all right, it was clear that she wasn't going to stay with ESPN. And then it was, then it was over. And they bought out her contract. Two point five million a year, and I just fell down. She makes two point five million a year. I'm doing everything wrong. I do six hours of radio a day, and I'm doing podcasting. Two point five million a year, Ari. You podcast, right? People, everybody in their mother's pocket. You got your the, the the Butler podcast, right? So anything Butler basketball is Ari Castle. Uh, I think it's called the uh, the uh, um, the I can't believe I'm listening to this podcast podcast. By the way, it's a good name for a podcast. I can't believe I'm listening to this podcast podcast. Uh, that's good. Uh, and you you get some. Uh, I don't even know what I consider a nice download. You, for but for a very niche thing that you're doing, right? You got some, you making two point five mil. You making two point five mil off your podcast. Yeah. 2.2. All right. Eventually you get there. Eventually you get there. This blows my mind that she's making this kind of money. And and couldn't you uh, speak your piece without calling the president a racist? Which, by the way, he's not. I mean, he's not. He's just. I mean, it's just. It's just not. It's just not true. It's just not factual. But, like, what does she do that nobody else could do? Like, for example, if we talk about the sports world, I understand. I understand why, uh, oh, pick uh, Stephen A. Smith. I get why Stephen A. Smith might command some money, right, in terms of uh, he's really created a niche. He, he has a take uh, that, that nobody else uh, nobody else has. Um that he that he brings it in a way that is entertaining and exciting for for a lot of people. Just, does Jamel Smith do that? Jamel Hill does Jamel Hill do that? And I don't and I don't realize it. Or is her whole conversation about uh, uh, racist this, racist that, it, it, not a big deal? Just not a big deal. I, I'm sorry. I I, I think it is a, a big deal. I think I think it is. Two point five million. I, Stephen Zay Smith. I understand. Jamal Jamal Hill. I, I I don't get it. But but maybe maybe there's something I don't get there. It's like this. Um, Dana Lash 
NRA spokesperson, a radio host, um, did some posting of some uh, uh, tweets that she's been getting. As the NRA spokesperson, you know, uh, in in light of what happened in Jacksonville and some of the standard things, and uh, she posted these these things that she's getting on on, on Twitter. Um, and it starts with somebody who who tweeted, "The only way these people learn is if it affects them directly." This from a Twitter user named Mylan Legius, L E G I U S. And uh, so he says, "The or she." The only way these people learn is if it affects them directly. So if Dana Lash has to have her children murdered before she'll understand, I guess that's what needs to happen. Wow. That's that's on Twitter. Uh, uh, her and her husband, Chris, send this to Twitter for a violation. And Twitter says, we have reviewed your report carefully and found there was no violation of the Twitter rules against abusive behavior. Oh, okay. And so Dana went back to Twitter and said, you know, hey, I'm doing this because I'm pointing out uh, the inconsistent care for children. Some children have to be protected at all costs. Some children you can say anything about. And uh, here's uh, one guy, Roger Warren, saying simply pointing out how much of a C you are. And then here's another one. You feckless C, may may you one day realize the monster that you are. This is uh, this is going on uh, in society. She called Jamel Hill called the president of the United States a white supremacist and got to keep her two point five million dollar contract. It wasn't until she said something about the Cowboys that it all fell apart. I mean, that's I'm in the wrong business. And. Uh, once again, back to social media and how just, oh, they're all so full of crap. They're, oh, they're so full of crap. There are no rules. There's only feelings. Social media has no rules. Social media only has feelings. And how they feel uh, is is how they act. All there is to it. And they don't mind that conservatives suffer. They don't mind that conservatives take the hit. They're fine with it. They're good with it. They're more than happy about it. David Raboy and Nick Short writing over there at The Federalist. Despite Twitter's protests, the stifling of conservative speech on the platform is real. Well, of course it is. This is absolutely happening. And it should also be added that the intimidation or the attempts of intimidation against conservatives is being allowed to happen regardless of what that content is, including threats to children's lives. That's fine by Twitter. It's fine by social media, just as long as it's directed at the right people. They love, they couldn't be happier. These social media groups, there are no rules. Anytime you read a rule from a, from a Twitter, from a Facebook, from, from anything else, there are no rules. Here's the rule. Depends on how we feel that day, and it depends on whether or not we think you should get slapped on the nose or you've gotten too big. This is how we work. This is how it is. 
But I hear that if if you uh, bribe uh, the, the 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 Gestapo guard, well, then maybe maybe you'll get an extra ration of bread. I don't I don't know who Mark Zuckerberg is kidding that somehow he wants to uh, do some good in the world. I don't know who Sergey and Larry are kidding over at Google or the new CEO whose name eludes me right now. I don't know who they're kidding. Sandberg thinks that she's somehow doing good. Not doing good. These are awful people. Sheryl Sandberg, Mark Zuckerberg, they're awful people. They're not decent. They're not kind. They're dreadful, miserable people. Sheryl Sandberg's 48, by the way, and is worth $1.4 billion. All I'm saying is, as we continue to pay them, they continue to attack us. We got to... We got to get some new systems. Got to get some new systems. I'm Tony Katz. Tomorrow I'm going to have to dig in on this... Uh, scandal regarding the pope and whether or not it's legitimate so here's the here's the claim because you know there's the claims of sexual abuse there's a cardinal uh, i'm sorry yeah cardinal carrick uh and and there what just in pennsylvania uh, they went through six archdioceses went through all the uh information and found that more than 300 priests were involved in abusing uh children mostly boys as young as seven, over a thousand children involved, and maybe more. It's it's so sick, and so twisted. And you know, there's an interesting thing going on there with the church. I, I was supposed to get into today. I didn't get to it. I didn't get. To, I I gotta do it tomorrow. I gotta get to it tomorrow about the church. I promise to get to it uh, tomorrow. Well, there was this report that was released that the Pope Pope Francis has been ignoring sexual abuse allegations against Theodore McCarrick, Cardinal McCarrick. I think I called him Carrick before. I apologize. Cardinal McCarrick, M-C-C-A-R-R-I-C-K. It was uh, Benedict, Pope Benedict, who had had imposed sanctions on, on the cardinal. Francis lifted them. So, so the question is, was the Pope uh, basically excusing any levels of sexual abuse from the Cardinal or anything that the Cardinal knew? This is the allegation, that something like that is what happened. It's, oh, man, it's, it's like the church on fire time. So there is uh, Archbishop Carlo Maria Vigano, former Vatican envoy to the U.S., uh, saying um, saying that corruption has reached the very top of the church, church's hierarchy. I will not say, uh, uh, and uh, so that's what he says. And then the Pope, uh, through um, saying that, I will not say a word about that. I think that the communique speaks for itself. Uh, what, what, what are we talking about? Communique. I'm not sure. Um, but is there a push to try and get Pope Francis out? Are people not happy with his more, um, I think for some, it's a little more of a loosey-goosey interpretation of the church 
and I, and it's upsetting. I thought for some it was kind of thrilling and and it was kind of new in a sense of understanding. But the the, the allegations and the, what we know to be true in terms of the abuses. The question I've been asking is, how in the world do you trust the church again? And it's one of the answers that I've gotten. I shouldn't say one. A couple answers have been the same, which is, uh, Tony, we don't trust the church. We trust Jesus. And I was like, oh. Oh, okay. Well, this is going to be an interesting conversation. And that's what we got to get into. I don't, I don't have the time. I don't have the time. I, oh, man. It, is, it was like a, when I first, I mean, I got the response from a couple people. It's like, okay. Well, this is one interesting way to look at things. And we, we got to dig in. We got to dig in. Also, uh, a fire on Liberty Island. We're talking about where the Statue of, of Liberty is. Three, what happened? Three propane tanks just blew up? The propane tanks just blow up? I mean, can it be so hot or whatever that it just, you know, it expands and it, and it, and it, and it combusts? No injuries, but the island was evacuated. That's crazy. It's crazy. It's not as crazy as what happened with, with uh, Beyonce and Jay-Z. Because what happened with Beyonce and Jay-Z is insane. So uh, so they're, they're finishing up the show, right? They're finishing up uh, a, a concert. They're very popular, you know. They, 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 do, they do the rap and whatnot, Ari, in case you didn't know. You didn't look like a guy who would know Beyonce and Jay-Z. And that, by the way, that's J A Y, but only letter Z. His his friends call him Sean. Uh, I'm just saying. Uh, so they're they're uh, they're finishing up the show. They're um, in in Atlanta, and they end the show by basically walking off stage to the back, right back to the audience, hand in hand. They they walk off stage. Well, the whole stage setup, everything else. There are these stairs that that come down almost into the crowd. They're walking back. The, the dancers are still dancing, right? They're still dancing on stage and in these boxes. It looks like the Hollywood Squares, for the love of the Lord. They're dancing. All of a sudden, this guy walks on stage right up those stairs, right in the middle of the audience, walks off stage. It starts running towards them as they're walking off. Gets past the dancers, and the dancers realize, uh, this ain't part of the show, and they run after him and beat him up. The dancers got to this guy before security. That's it. Where these two have to have like the best security in the world. Where in the world was security for this? It, it's it's crazy. You gotta see the video. You got you gotta see it. I'll 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 post I'll post the thing. I'll I'll put it up and be like, uh, this is crazy. Because it's just like anybody could have run up any time. You gotta do better than that. You gotta do better than that. And may I suggest taking the stairs away? If a guy wants on, let him jump for it. I mean, if he's really serious, really serious about, you know, wanting to meet you, let him let, let him take the leap. I thought it was crazy, though. Like, listen, I, I may not like their politics, but I don't want this for them. But those people, you talk about Jamel Hill with her 2.5 mil. And then you talk about uh, 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 Cheryl Sandberg, $1.4 billion. That is, that that tortures me. That tortures me. All because uh, there is this uh, 250 GTO Ferrari that went on the auction block. A 1962 Ferrari 250 GTO. 
sold for $48.4 million. The guy who sold it bought it in the year 2000 for $10 million. You don't have any investment, sorry, that made uh, that went from 10 mil to uh, to uh, 48 mil in in 18 years. Not a one, not a one. You did not make 38 million dollars in 18 years. No, you did not. I, how do I know? I know because I know. Um, Ferrari only built 36 examples of the model from 53 to 64. There are 36 of these of the 250. From 1953 to 1964. That's cool. The problem is, I I know people buy these cars to collect. I'd have to drive. I'd have to drive. There'd be mileage aplenty. There'd be a ding, you know, from the shopping cart in the Kroger parking lot. Like, all of it. I wouldn't take care of it enough. TonyCats.com, Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. Tomorrow, everyone, take care.